It must pass by a majority vote at three of the five stations. For the full text of this bylaws amendment, log on to Pacifica.org or call 510-849-2590, extension 207, to request a copy by mail. This is KPFA or KPFB Berkeley or KFCF Fresno online or at kpfa.org. Up next, an archive show of Cover to Cover with Denny Smithson. Please stay with us. you all to the Monday afternoon edition of Cover to Cover. I'm your host most Mondays, Denny Smithson, and I'm delighted to have as my guest today local writer and educator, Marlene Alegria. Her book is called Estrellas Quinceañera. I'm doing my best. I'm not a Spanish speaker, Marlene. Welcome to KPFA. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me be here. Um, the Brief information I had about you, Marlene, um, and it was delightful to find out that you're a friend of Amelia Gonzalez, uh, who is our uh, drama and literature director here. I just found this out. Um, you are an educator, a dancer, an actress who has co-written and performed in several stage plays. <clears throat> you also write poetry and short stories, uh, and you live in San Francisco. Um, and I'd like to know more about what you do as an educator, dancer, an actress, <laughs> and co-writer. Sure. Uh, so why don't we fill that out a little bit. Um, to whom do you educate? <laughs> well, that's a wonderful question. Um, and I wonder about that because I seem to educate a lot of people, um, especially now with my writing. Um, I currently teach at Cleveland Elementary School in the Excelsior District in San Francisco. Um, kindergarteners, um, third graders have an after-school program where I teach gardening to some of the um, kids in the school, fourth and fifth graders. Um, I've also been an ASIC dancer for the past 10 years um, with the groups in New York, City DC, Naucampa. And um, currently I'm without a group here in San Francisco, but I continue practicing my ASIC dance um, here in the city with different groups. Um, Aztec dance I'm not familiar with. Danza Azteca is um, a traditional um, indigenous dance form. Um, which is uh, prayers, um, and we use the drum and we use um, the maracas or the sonaja to um, to dance our prayers. Um, and you see them a lot at Cinco de Mayo, traditional um, events, um, cultural events. Um, they have long feathers and they're very decorated now, now and bright colors, yes. and they have like rattles on their on their legs. So I've been doing that for ten years. No, 12 years. Ooh, 12 years now. Um, 
and it's something just a part of my cultural heritage that um, keeps me grounded um, along with teaching <laughs> keeps me very grounded mm-hmm. and humble so that's why um, I love doing that in addition to the presentations I now do um, ever since Estrella came out this year um, so and that's a whole different realm of hitting up uh, high school and junior high school kids and going to community libraries in New Mexico and New York and San Francisco, San Diego, and just hitting a whole different population um, through my writing. Um, and um, how does that, how do you do that with the book? Um, or you say you're doing it with the book as a, as a, as a tool for teaching. Yeah. Um, well, as a teacher, you know, I can't help but... Um, deal with issues of identity and culture and this book certainly does and for me it's this book um dealt a lot with my own issues and insecurities of uh, being bilingual bicultural and trying to figure out who i am um and i translated that into this novel um with the idea that other young girls who are struggling with the same identity issues no matter what their background um could um use this as a scaffold um when dealing with those questions the dedication uh, is to all the girls who are trying to find their own path, may your journey be lit with belly-aching laughs, crazy adventures, and a fierce commitment to your dreams. Yeah, I'm kind of a sap. <laughs> You're a romantic. It's wonderful. That's why we're all here, of course. Yes. <laughs> we're romantics. Well, uh, Malina Alegria, um, this is a wonderful book. Uh, it's, it's published by Simon & Schuster Books for Young Readers uh, and clearly aimed at kids who are of high school age or younger, junior high. Um, And it does deal with a lot of the issues that you've been talking about. And before we, again, before we get into that, I still want to hear a little bit more about you. Uh, You have co-written some stage plays and also performed. What what kinds of plays? I worked with a group in New York City called Will, Women in Letters and Literature. And it was a collective of women of color, and we came together through a series of different workshops and dealt with issues of our relationships uh, with our mothers. And we created a, um, a stage play called Mami Baile um, that was directed by Kayla Cordova. And um, and we did a, we toured that show for, I think, a year um, throughout New York. And we were in the Philadelphia uh, Frizz Festival, the Living Room Couch Festival, um, basically performing anywhere where anyone would let us perform. Um, and it was a wonderful collective of some amazingly talented women from different parts of New York, San Diego, who all just came together. Um, and an offshoot of that, we did um, several other pieces together as a collective um, that dealt with issues of our relationships with ex-lovers um, to um, images of beauty, um, everything having to have some kind of message about what it means to be a woman, um, woman of color. Um, and struggling for our sense of identity. So, um, you know, this, all this writing is an offshoot of that. So it's just uh, steps, you know, um, in my development as a, as a human being. You also write poetry, short stories have you published? Yeah, um, I write really bad poetry. Um, <laughs> for a while I thought I was a poet and I had a... Um, We're all poets. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I kind of found, um, I was doing a... A friend of mine and I were doing a um, poetry series at um, a club in New York, an open mic. 
and uh, she was the poet uh, and she's an amazing poet mm-hmm. but she was a little shy and I was more of the clown so I would write really bad poetry to encourage other people to come up on stage and lose their inhibitions and perform um, so I, yeah, I put that in there but I, I'm more of a short story writer I, I had a short story my first short story was published in a collection of uh, Latino literature called um, Cuentos Growing Up Latino and I wrote a story about growing up in the Mission District um, in a Chicano political activist household. And another story of self-identity and trying to understand who I am. Um, and um, I had a couple other short stories about growing up on the border that were um, published online on altavoz.com. Mm-hmm. What is your own personal history? <clears throat> have you? How long have you been here? Your, your family come here before you were born, or, or what? Um, I'm a second generation Mexican Americana. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in the Mission District. Uh, my great grand, uh, no, my grandfather built. Um, he was born in um, Long Beach, so I go back even further. Um, but I have a history of for, uh, relatives going back and forth across the border. Um, dealing arms with Pancho Villa's army, you know. Um, so there's like this whole romantic Ooh. history um, that I pull from. Um, but the border, my identity is really a border identity. I was born in San Diego. My mom was born in El Centro, but she went to school in Mexico for a little while. And my father, the same kind of thing. He was born in Texas, but he lived most of his uh, his um, high elementary school years in, um, in Mexico. So it was a constant back and forth fourth uh migration um so it's you know i'm just a border girl more than anything um but i grew up in the mission i went Mm -hmm. to school in the mission district public school kindergarten on kindergarten on Mm -hmm. um so i consider myself a mission girl um even though i don't live there anymore but um Mm -hmm. that's that's my home ground my my territory well um did you have a a quinceanera no. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit that no, I did not have a quinceañera um, for reasons that the main character describes in the story. Um, and there's a lot of me in the main character of um, it, the quinceañera was like, for me growing up, was the most embarrassing thing in the entire world. It's like I wanted to be like my American friends and just have a sweet 16. I didn't want to have anything associated with me that was quote-unquote too ethnic too Mexican and um, these are the issues that Estrella deals with in terms of negotiating what it means to be bicultural in the U.S. um, and learning to find pride in her cultural background um, but also be able to um, embrace American cultural norms so it's you know it's it's the best of both worlds it's a difficult mix I would assume at best especially for a young person, maybe even most especially for a young woman. Mm-hmm. Um, the men seem to find, I don't know, they, they gather in a way. But the women do too, don't they? I mean, I, I'm thinking about this book and, and the fact that uh, uh, Estrella has uh, a lot of friends. She finds out who her real friends are as she goes through the book. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the ties are all strong. Yeah. And un- unraveling them and trying to figure out what means what is, is her problem. Uh, it's a wonderful book. It, it's funny um, and uh, full of uh, life um, uh, of a sort that um, uh, certainly I did not experience in my growing up. 
uh, it's the cultural difference uh, uh, is a good one to experience if you are, you know, um, white like I am. I mean, I, I've, I've been here in this state since 1960, and it's changed amazingly in terms of the makeup of the population uh, over that period of time. Um, uh, Latinos have, have, I don't know what the difference is in numbers, but uh, they've certainly um, become um, a huge part of the population of this state. And it's all sort of happened around me, and I haven't had that much chance to find out about your community. Yeah, which is another reason why um, I really love this book. Yeah. Um, it really um, acts as a bridge for many people who might not have that shared experience with the Latino culture um, in, in a non-threatening form. Um, and I, I love it when people tell me that they can relate to the characters despite the, um, the difference in background, ethnic backgrounds, because in, in the end we're all humans and we all have issues growing up with our parents and just trying to transition into womanhood or adulthood. And those relationships, I think, are universal. Um, and that's kind of like the bond that um, even though it's like I do feel like sometimes I'm the uh, um, like a diplomat for Latino culture uh, for non-Latinos. But um, it's, there's also a binding um, structure there that everyone can relate to. Yeah. And I'm a diplomat, too, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, are we all diplomats and poets? Yeah. And uh, get right down to it. Well, you never had a quinceanera, but let, let's talk about what it means. What is this 15th birthday all about, and why is it so important? Uh, because, it, I mean, it, it's Sweet 16, uh, you, you said. Uh, sort of. Uh, it, yeah, it, but it, it meant a lot more than that a while back. I mean, you were sort of expected at that point to, uh, you know, get married. Mm -hmm. or be ready for it anyway and take on huge responsibilities that seems like an early time in life to do that how long ago are we talking about when that was sort of what it meant oh um i'm not really familiar with that mm -hmm. um to be able to to define when the when it switched women came coming of age at 15 is basically what i'm saying I'd yeah no i totally agree and i have that also in the definition at the beginning of the yeah. book um and I think that's somewhere around the 60s, maybe, um, or maybe I'm just guessing. I'm grabbing for a date because I'm thinking of the, the women's feminist movement in the U.S. Um, but I don't know how that translates to Mexico or anything. Well, you're not legal until you're 18 in this country. Yeah. As but, far as certain things are concerned. Yeah, but traditional. We're talking about yeah. traditional Mexican culture. Right. Um, right. You know. So. Anyway. Think younger, but yeah. things have changed. Things have definitely changed. Um, however, um, there's like this comeback of the quinceanera that's going on right now, which mm. is really interesting with the release of um, all these new quince girl magazines um, and the MTV's craze with um, in Sweet 16 TV show that they have that um, highlights a lot of young girls, especially Latina girls in their quinceaneras. So coming of age ceremonies are um, coming having this comeback now within mainstream American culture which is interesting um, but yeah 
You never had one, but you must have attended some. Yes. Do any stand out in your memory? I mean, tell us, tell us a few stories. Well, if I can just give you a little background, I grew up in kind of an atheist household where my parents were um, radical Chicano hippies. Ah. For lack of a better word, um, and we instead of pictures of Jesus Christ, we had pictures of um, Che Guevara and Fidel Castro on our ah. walls. Mm-hmm. And so um, the quinceañera was kind of like something that my parents didn't really push upon us at all. Um, my younger sister wanted to have a quinceañera; she demanded to have one, actually. Mm. Um, so that's that was my first experience with the quinceañera, as opposed, in addition to my cousin whose dress is on the cover of the book. It's quite a dress. And that's actually my sister's dress, which was a hand-me-down. Um, and there's lots of um, little things in there and within the story that reflect my own family dynamics. Um, but having experienced my sister's quinceañera, and then the wonderful thing about this book is that I had an excuse to go to quinceañeras. Because I'd be like, I'm writing a book. Can I come? And I would get invited to all these quinceañeras. And people love sharing their experiences Um Whiskey insignias, everyone that I talked to either had a wonderful party or, you know, a party from hell. Um, and everyone was really open to sharing their experiences. Um, so it was quite easy writing the book. And there's lots of videos and lots of um, materials. Quince mm. galore. <laughs> it's, it's about maintaining traditions, too. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and that, um, you experienced it. Um, you, you described it. It's It's... You're sort of caught between wanting to understand maintaining traditions and participating in that, and yet somehow wanting to move on into this newer culture that you're part of. <clears throat> um, and there's some embarrassment sometimes in, involved, I, um, at least in the part of Australia yeah. in this book, uh, trying to put the two worlds together. But it's good to come to some place where those traditions really do matter. Yeah. And that's what happens in this book. If I can just go back a little bit further, too, um, the quinceañera tradition actually started within the Aztec tradition, especially in Mexico. And I, I can't speak for um, the quinceañera tradition in Dominican Republic or in South America, but in Mexico, it, it has an affiliation with the Aztec Shildonin ceremony, which was when, when, all the, when the young girl turned of age of her menstrual cycle, the elders in the community would come around and support her in her... Um, transition into womanhood and they would give her advice and they would um, and um, they would do a dance with prayers and that's something that's definitely been lost in a lot of tradition current Kizinyas where it's just a party and I try to also focus on that whole aspect of the the party that's not being reflected, I think, too many, too much in contemporary um, quinceañeras. And I really wanted Estrella to have that. Um, experience of having an elder talk to her and give her advice about okay, you know, why am I feeling so weird? Why are my parents treating me like a child and that I, I want to make my own decisions? Um, you know, that whole dynamic is, is important to focus on and the parents in the story you know, come to a point where they realize that oh my god, you know, she did this all by herself and she is becoming a young woman and I need to honor that and respect that. Um, and, you know, her standing up for herself, which was, is what happens at the end of the story, um, for what she wants, which is, you know, a party that reflects both of her worlds and bringing them together. It's um, kind of the message. Yeah. I'm talking with Malina Alegria. The name of her book is Estrella's 
Quintianera, and it's published by Simon & Schuster Books for Young Readers. <clears throat> it can be found, I'm sure, by this time in any good local bookstore. Have you done any book signings, readings, anything coming up? Um, I actually just did a reading in San Bruno at Cappuccino High School. Cappuccino High School. I don't know. It's the first time I heard of that one. Um, And I was in Willow Glen in San Jose um, a couple weeks ago at another high school. Um, I have um, a couple other ones set up um, coming up in January in Sacred Heart in San Francisco Academy and another one. Haven't really scheduled yet, but these are for students. In these the are school. for students. I focus a lot on schools um, mm-hmm. and trying to uh, reach the students because um, it's difficult to go to bookstores. <laughs> yeah, and, and get mm-hmm. the audience there. Yeah. Um, Boys, girls, you know, any culture, any age, there are always these problems about uh, you know girls being <clears throat> supposed to wait, boys aren't, uh, and this comes up. Between uh, Estrella and her father in discussions, and well, your brothers are, you know, they're boys. Uh, that kind of uh, disparity between the way the sexes are treated is something that I guess has gone on for time immemorial and continues to go on now. Uh, and certainly one of the things that you deal with in this book, um, uh, Estrella is uh, is no, uh, um, she's not shy. <laughs> In fact, she keeps hitting her boyfriends in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so she's she's a toughie, you know. She thinks on her feet, um, and she doesn't put up with a lot of that nonsense. But uh, how do you deal with that in the schools these days? With with the fact that uh, somehow girls are supposed to be better for a while than boys. It um, must be a big issue all the time. <laughs> but maybe it doesn't come out in the classroom. Uh, more like in private discussions and so it's forth. a it's a difficult issue um and the equality thing the equality thing and it's just i'm just thinking of my own in my family and it's still an issue you know um and i don't know what the solution is um i i want to present it um as an issue um especially favoritism between parents because um, she has two older brothers um and um she's just this feisty little fireball um and um and that's yeah and she surprised herself that she meets a boy that she actually likes yeah yeah, um, yeah. but it happens it happens yeah and, and especially <clears throat> a boy from the neighborhood a boy who dresses like a cholo yeah you know um a cholo is is just a, a boy who dresses like a thug uh-huh. um not that he is a thug but i try to deal with a lot of stereotypes you yeah, know like and he the, doesn't deal drugs he deals clothes <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and, you know, well, the whole issue of, you know, gender equality is, is one of the dynamics that she deals with. And another one is is the stereotype of Latino males, young Latino males, all being gangsters. Um, so, um, yeah, if anything, it's like I don't have answers. I don't pretend to have answers. I just try to, you know, um, highlight issues that come up and try to trick people audiences mm-hmm. um with our own you know um ideas of what is and what isn't um but yeah definitely he sells clothes yeah. out of his car <laughs> so, some of your other side characters are perhaps stereotypical too but i love nana the 80 year old uh, grandmother who who in fact there's a cake sitting on the table behind you in the hall Marlene, that's uh, there's about a one shoddy piece left and i thought i thought of nana when i saw it 
because of the scene in the book where she uh, wants to eat the cake <laughs> and, and have I it too. I kid you not. People swear she doesn't exist, but my uncle Beto, I, I, you know, I, I used a lot of my family relatives and for a lot of the characters, and he is always playing with his teeth, his false teeth. And leaving them around. And leaving them around. <laughs> Nana's next to the cake. <laughs> Not in it, but next to it. Um, so how did your family feel about sort of finding themselves in, in small ways, maybe large ways in this book? Was that a problem for you? Um, it was a challenge. <laughs> yeah. um, I was very nervous when the book came out, how my family would respond, um, because I kind of wrote the book not thinking that they would read it. That's interesting. <laughs> it's like you're, nobody's listening now. Nobody's right? really. Who am I? I'm nobody. <laughs> so um, I kind of like went to town on some of the um, character descriptions and I took attributes of family members and kind of like, multiplied them by 10. Um, and so, yeah, I remember six o'clock in the morning getting a phone call from my tia, my tia Concha. Um, who Your aunt. Concha. My aunt Concha, uh-huh. who Maria Conchita. And who um, had the dress made. So it was her dress, her daughter's dress. And I was afraid that she was going to see all these similarities with the aunt and, you know, and not like it and feel like I was mm. making fun of her. And I was just like sweating bricks. Mm. And, um, and, she, and she called me at 6 o'clock in the morning, woke <laughs> me up to tell me that she had finished the book and that... She, at the beginning of the story, she didn't like it. She didn't understand why the girl didn't like the dress because it was a really pretty dress and she spent a lot of money on that dress. Um, and I'm like, yeah, it's not a real story. It's just, it's just a fiction. You know, I made them up. And she's like, yeah, I know. So I just kept reading. And at the end of the story, she liked the dress. So I was happy. And so, you know, to my aunt, that was it, you know, that the girl liked the dress. And um, overall, my cousins have been really excited. Um and just really proud. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they allow me, you know, they like seeing references of themselves in there now. And they're like, oh, is that me? And I'll lie and I'll be like, yes. Um, you know. Yeah. Have you got any other books in mind? I have another novel actually coming out. Oh, really? Already? Yeah, May of 2007. It's called um, Sophie Mendoza's Guide to Getting Lost in Mexico. Huh. And it's a story about a young girl cheerleader in um, Orange County who um, finds herself without proper documentation papers. She goes down to party in Tijuana on the weekend with her friends and finds out that her green card's fake and that she's not allowed to come back into the U.S. It's kind of the Uh. OC meets Born East L.A. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has to live in Mexico with some estranged relatives that she's never met. And they live on a ranch with chickens and pigs and the electricity is always going out there's no hot water um there's all these bugs and there's no tivo or telephone reception for her cell phone and it's just like hell on earth for her um but it's also a great growing experience for her sounds like it yeah so um that's that's going to be up pretty soon Ah. you're just turning them out yeah Are are you uh Ready to start a family yourself? Have you reached that point in life? Or? I am definitely ready to start my own family. I don't have one yet, um, yeah. but I'm looking forward to doing that soon. But to, then we'll be involved once again in trying to get 
somebody through this whole whole thing about the difference in the uh, cultures and uh, yeah. uh, trying to put it all together. Uh, I have two nieces, though, who are coming into puberty. So I'm very excited about that, and I'm trying to decide what kind of ceremony I would like to do for them. Like, I know they want to do quinceañeras, but I also want to do something intimate and, yeah. you know, just family with them. Well, congratulations on this first book. Thank and you. Uh, I'm looking forward to already to reading the other one. It sounds like it's going to be fun. Marlene Alegria, Estrellas Quintianera is the name of the book, published by Simon & Schuster Books for Young Readers. Is there any way people can reach you? Do you have a website? Yes. or how, Why don't you give out that information? Uh, my website is uh, www.malinealegria, spelled the way it sounds, it's in Spanish, um, dot com. And... Okay, I'll spell it out. M-A-L-I-N-A-L-E-G-R-I-A dot com. Uh, and uh, that's how to reach her. Thanks again for coming in. I'm Thank delighted you. Uh, that uh, you could find the time and the energy to make this book happen. And, and may many more come your way. Thank With you. that, I'm going to say that there are a few of the things I need to let... Integration Specialist Lena Berman, host of your own health and fitness. Join me at 1 p.m. Tuesdays. Spend lunch learning about how everything that happens within you affects all of you. I'll be interviewing popular and controversial authors, researchers, and healthcare providers about the latest trends in healthcare, psychology, and fitness. If you've found that the popular dietary suggestions just aren't working for you and current medical research seems to contradict itself, Tune in for some interpretation Tuesdays at 1 p.m. on your own health and fitness here on listener-sponsored free speech radio, KPFA 94.1 FM. Staying informed not only protects your health, it protects your freedom. This is Redwood Mary. And I wish to invite you to start the new year with a fun approach to creating personal and social change. On Saturday, January 6, 2007, 